it's me, Sean Capri. I'm in my car, and you're listening to the most por- horsepowerful podcast on the internet. It's the Xbox Drive. I've only done this intro about a hundred times, but I'm on a Skype call with my friend Luke Lord, the insipid ghost. And and today we're gonna talk about Apex and Anthem and Ninja and Mixer and Luke. I remembered all four things. Guess what? Jump on into the 100th episode of the Xbox Drive. Ball. Hello, Sean Capri. Luke Lore, it's the Insipid Ghost. How are you, my friend? I'm doing so well. I've got a new microphone. I probably Ooh. sound different to the listeners, and theoretically, it sounds better. And if it doesn't, don't tell me about it. I won't tell. Oh, a lot definitely. of money. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Send it back. <laughs> Go back to the old ways. No. Uh, well, listen, I was uh, I was checking out the old Player One podcast, and uh, I know mm-hmm. that they're going through some changes over there. So as long as it sounds a little better than uh, Chris Johnson... We're okay, man, because they're doing okay. That means that we're doing okay. Chris Johnson sent me an amazingly sweet <gasps> message, and several people did, but it was a, a th- you know, just a praise for being on DLC and such, uh, and it made my day, man. I'll tell you what, those little messages that you get, they mean the world. Those they are like just are little, best. hey, good job. Hey, I like this thing you made. So well, sweet. Well-deserved, and also shout out to, like, the, the whole circuit is just making its way over to DLC. You were on there. It was an excellent episode. I ended up finishing it, and then uh, I listened to Adam Leonard from the Megadaz <laughs> over on DLC. Dude, it's... Kind of incredible what's happening here. I don't know what's happening, but something magical. Well, we've got a lot to celebrate in this episode. Of course, it is our 100th episode. I've been, I was on DLC. You had some good things going on for you. Some of our friends have had some successes. And uh, I think Mr. Ninja, the, the worldwide famous streamer Ninja, has a few things to celebrate as he lands himself exclusively on Mixer. This is big news in the streaming world. Uh, yeah, he, he followed your lead, which I'm, I'm glad to see. We all knew that as mm-hmm, soon as the mm-hmm. Insipid Ghost went over to Mixer that it was something to pay attention to. But um, but in all seriousness, I don't know that there's any way to make this as big a deal as it truly is. I think this is absolutely enormous. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a game changer. And I feel like people are talking about Mixer, number one, uh, more than ever, but in a way that they'd never been talking about it before. And that is an, as an illegitimate um, platform for streaming. I loved it because it warmed my heart to see people checking out Mixer because you right. know he makes this announcement and people are averse to change very often. You know they get nervous when they see things that are changing, uh, and it can be very scary at first. Uh, but he said, "Hey, nope, this isn't changing the games I'm playing. This isn't changing my relationships with 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 many people. This is just a new platform for me." And I went in and watched several of his streams out of morbid curiosity because, to be truthful, I wasn't overly familiar with Ninja. I'm not super into Fortnite. Um, of course, I knew who he was. My students often talk about him. Uh, but in going over and watching him stream some, he's a legitimately talented and capable streamer and a fun guy to watch. And I thought that was a big get. And then to see the the, the ripple effects that it's had through the gaming industry and people turning their heads towards a new platform, turning their heads on to, uh, eyes on to uh, the technology that Mixer brings, the, the culture, the climate that Mixer uh, has surrounding it. I thought it was a good move all around for everybody. Yeah, man, it's it's pretty incredible, and yeah, I'm, I find myself watching just out of pure curiosity of how this is working out. And I know that VentureBeat put out a, an article that um, he's really not missed a beat moving over to Mixer. His his view counts are, are up there, his his subs are up there. But the other thing that I wanted to mention, Luke, and I'm not sure if you noticed this, uh, Mixer's giving out free subs for people mm-hmm. to come on over, so they lock them, lock you into that that ecosystem, which I think is just as important as as getting the man onto your platform. 
Absolutely, yeah. Free sub for the first, I believe, two months. If you go to uh, his channel, follow him, you can get a free sub there, which is, uh, in the streaming world, a huge deal. That really helps out um, the, the people, that are, the content creators. And in this particular case, I doubt it's going straight to his pocket. It's probably part of his exclusivity deal. Agreed. But what I, I appreciated in his statements where he said he wanted to get back to his roots, and for those who are unfamiliar, uh, Ninja is a former pro Halo player. He has a lot of roots in that. Uh, with the new Halo on the horizon, it certainly makes sense. you got to think that with... Game Pass and their strategy there. The idea that you know maybe he would be more interested in or apt to stream Gears of War or The Outer Worlds or something like that. That might be it. But really, this brings eyes towards the technology that is Mixer that's going to be embedded into Scarlet that is embedded into Xbox One. Um, and it seems to me that it's been a fairly seamless transition. It seems like the audience, many of them have moved over with them. Rising mm-hmm. Tide seems to, in my opinion, seems to lift all boats. A lot of Mixer content creators uh, are now going to have new people on the platform in order to work to appeal to it. I think these are good deals that people uh, can be making. And I do not get angry when I find out that somebody more successful than me is is on the platform. I think that's great. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Like, they're... I don't know if it's a short-term versus a long-term thing in terms of which games he's playing. Obviously, he's done a ton of Fortnite since he started with his Lollapalooza and everything. Uh, but yeah, you got to wonder when Halo starts to creep in. you got to wonder when or if Gears, as you mentioned. And then what is the reaction when he starts playing those games? Does he maybe a little bit more catered to the deal? Maybe the Microsoft-driven mm-hmm. deal will be... Um, I can't wait. I really just kind of hope that he's he's going to be able to lift the the uh, profile for all of those games because like I think like you said like I'm not I'm not huge into Fortnite but when I watch him play I'm like yeah I'll never be that good. <laughs> like he's just mm-hmm. so he sees a guy from across the map and he's just like he pegs him in the, the back of the head and he's pretty casual but I'm like I would be I would be clipping that I'd be saving I'd be telling mm-hmm. my mom about that shot and yeah no he's he's really great. Um, but huge for Mixer, huge for everybody else. The other thing that I wanted to say, Luke, is uh, there's a couple features that I really hope he's able to um, bring to the to the forefront of things, like the faster than light streaming. Like be- because he's so intensely playing, he's competitively playing Fortnite. He's not really dealing with the chat. Also, there's tens of thousands of people literally chatting at him all sure. at the same time. So he's not really able to highlight that and and what a huge difference I think that makes. And then um, co-streaming as well would be really great to see because that's been uh, baked into Mixer from almost day one. And uh, I think that's one of its top features that would be really great to see uh, some, some teams get together and spotlight that feature. Certainly so, and you have to imagine with the co-op nature of a number of the, the games that are uh, available in, in Xbox's platform, you'd have to hope that he uses that co-streaming feature. We know he's, we've already seen him start to branch and start to host people here and there, uh, but there's plenty of things that he can do for this platform, and for him to have that effect, for Mixer to be the number one downloaded app for that week those right. are on iTunes, those are... Those are heavy impacts. You see this when a, when an athlete moves teams and, and they're a major player and it brings eyes to the platform. And this is a good thing, uh, at least I feel so. This is a, a great step for Mixer. And now they're going to have to deal with a more uh, a more diverse, a more toxic potentially uh, audience. And this is a great growing step for that platform. They're going to have to deal with more moderation tools, being closer together. Mixer, if, if I emailed them right now, they would get back to me within five minutes. That's how mm-hmm. quick they are react. Um, they react at this point if you have customer service issues. So we'll have to see them adapt to this new high level of of, of attention that they're going to be getting. Well, yeah, and I, I'm a I'm a Twitch streamer, as you guys know, um, and I've not really I've, I'm not big enough to ever really have any of those sort of sort of issues. But what I do know is that Mixer has instead of really spending its its time 
the last couple of years trying to get like to these this huge platform. It's been a very capable platform with solid mm-hmm. technology and it's got a really good foundation for this move to really take hold. Whereas I think um, Twitch and YouTube was just like just trying to hold on while things exploded. Um, I think I think Mixer is actually better suited for for enormous growth like this. And I'm really curious to see what might be next for them in terms of other exclusive deals. I wonder if they put together a bit of a Mixer team of content creators to lead the pack, but I guess we'll see about that. I wonder that same thing, and I'm also curious how this potentially, how was this deal impacted by the fact that they scaled back a lot of their original programming? Because I feel like a lot of that programming oh, yeah. is good. And so, like, this is kind of the other side of that coin. Is this uh, ultimately a good thing that we saw some things get scaled back? And was this the reason? Was it ninja money the reason? And I don't think things are ever that cut and dry. I don't think they're always pulling from the same pot, though on the outside looking in, it certainly could be. Right. Um, yeah, probably, now that you mention it. You know, but uh, outside looking in, I think it's easy to think that. But in reality, I'd be very curious to see just how this changes the platform overall because there are a number of great streamers great programs that are nothing to do with video games or that are not uh, as high profile and I, I just hope to see that stuff uh, growing with the platform yeah so i'd be curious as a call out to everybody can reach out to us on at the xbox drive on twitter um if you guys have checked out mixer recently because of all of this news and have you found a new streamer um let's let's share the love man i'd love to know if, uh, i know i can't remember his whole handle but a, a streamer named diesel um was playing a little Apex, so I checked him out. Just like it's just amazing what happens when you're there on the site and you're just kind of mm-hmm. like flipping through. There's a countdown always for like when the next time Ninja is going on, and then I sure. just found myself checking out who else is live and playing. And I he was commenting on how many new people were showing up, and you got to think like as you mentioned the the rising tide lifts all boats. Like it's I think it's real. So I'd love to know if anybody out there has been checking out Mixer now, uh, maybe for the first time or more often than they had been, just in light of this news. It'd be cool to see. And as just a a unique transition, you and I have a lot to celebrate in this episode. Um, But I'll tell you, just I want to celebrate some other people. There are several streamers I just enjoy turning on and watching. Xbox On, it's the Xbox UK team. They're fun to watch. Exelian's a great streamer. The DualShockers, great streamers. Green Skull, great streamers. Mm -hmm. All Mixer people. Uh, yeah, and our and our good friend Sergeant Bones, Chris Berto, as well, man, mm-hmm. definitely rocking over there. So yeah, Mixer Absolutely. Mixer is man, I I've been I've been look watching it closely, uh, especially with you on there, Luke at Insipid Ghost, um, mm-hmm. just with all the great tech. So it's it, it's great to finally see some some eyes on what I think is a, a great platform. It's true. Eyes are coming to a number of other places as well, including Anthem. Anthem has launched its Cataclysm event, and while that game was much maligned... I'm just too uh, far away from McDonald's right now, Luke. I really wanted to be at McDonald's for this story. (laughs) Sorry, keep going. Okay. Uh, Anthem much maligned in its launch. Several, uh, Many people certainly enjoyed it, but there was no doubt that there was a lack of content for its endgame, and it didn't deliver on its promise. Well, in delaying a number of different things and Uh, essentially going dark for a bit. They very quietly launched this Cataclysm event. I have downloaded. It's about a 12-gig download. I'm I'm anxious to go in and check it out. Uh, And it's said to be a good amount of content in there, but I don't know that yet personally. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in reading the patch notes, it looks like it's a a strong step. It reminded me very much of the No Man's Sky. Remember how they reached... Before they did the Beyond update, they had like... You know, a building update, and they had, and they went quiet, and they, and they started laying foundation. It looked like that. Um, nonetheless, it was news because Anthem was so maligned and then forgotten. 
I'm very curious to see where it goes because I had gameplay wise that was one of the most fun games I've had this year. Yeah, well, I mean, we 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 had a lot of shared fun with the uh, the beta or whatever they called it. The the demo, I think, is actually what they called it. Um, and it, like it, the feeling of flying around like Iron Man is is second to none. But mm-hmm. it kind of for me, it started and stopped there. So it'd be interesting to see how this goes. I know that uh, speaking of No Man's Sky, Sean Murray, I think, was recommending that some of these these big games that were l- rolling out their their roadmaps. While I think that's what fans were demanding, that's what they want. That he actually recommend just doing what they did. Like, I think they found a lot of success in going dark for a while and then rolling out like a big surprise there's there's not much in there's not much to be said or sold with ideas ideas are cheap but what really changes the game is a is a big mic drop moment you're like well you forgot about us and you really shouldn't you really shouldn't have and here's why and here's the here's the update it's available now so i'm curious to see are you going to stream some of this game are you going to play some of it i'd love to hear your thoughts maybe next week yeah, absolutely. I'm certainly nice, going to be playing some of it. Streaming it, I'm not quite sure. I go back okay. to work next week. Um, I know oh, I'm going to yeah. keep, keep streaming. Uh, yeah. I know, of course, I'll be streaming. I just don't know how much I'll put into Anthem. It really depends. Uh, I'm uh, sorry, Luke. Uh, can I please get a, a large coffee with two Splenda, please? Is that everything? Uh, yep, that's all. That'll be $2 for Splenda. Thank you. I'm, uh, $2 even? Wow. I'm really Isn't surprised that, that you don't get decaf. Like, uh, it just it shocks me. It's the afternoon. you got to get home. No, it, you need you need... First of all, nobody's taking pictures of their decaf coffee for us. Hi there. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you got to have full full cap. I, should I pay now? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I should. I'm just wondering if I should be paying for my coffee right now, Luke. You absolutely should. Thank Something you. that you might uh, be paying for or might not. Could be crates in she Rocket wasn't, League. She they wasn't handing over the thing. Them. She was just looking at me. That was so weird. I had such a good transition, and you just crapped all over it. You took it away from me. You stole it. So did she give it back your card? Let's yeah, just no, she wouldn't even give. She wouldn't even give me the, the thing to pay. She was just looking at me like, should I pay you now? I wasn't asking you, Luke, if I should pay. I was it asking her because you pay? have a laptop in your in your seat. It's next folded to you. down. It doesn't even look like it's anything. I just have a stupid it's headset on my down. Yeah, how's it doing? All, what What do you have? Like an MI five laptop here? Yeah, you you set it so that it doesn't like turn off when you fold the thing down. Mm-hmm. It's a setting. Mm-hmm. It's a good mm-hmm. setting. I like mm-hmm. that setting. Yeah. I'm sorry. What were you saying? I'm so sorry, Luke. Crates will be leaving Rocket League later this year. Oh, Replacing yeah. them will be a system that shows the exact items you are buying in advance, similar to changes implemented earlier this year in Fortnite's Save the World. Now, surprise mechanics, loot boxes, cosmetic DLC, these are all questions that continuously come up as our as the gaming industry grows and the internet is a very polarized place for any number of issues we get very very happy very very sad go back to anthem that's the best thing ever worst thing ever yeah uh, and and no man's sky best thing ever worst thing ever well now people tend to respect sean murray far more than they did two years ago mm-hmm. um quick to get angry quick to forgive perhaps uh, i'm curious how this changes the meta of rocket league because it is so cosmetically based doesn't seem to bother me as a casual fan who jumps in there and enjoys it from time to time but when it comes to surprise mechanics, loot boxes, I do not enjoy them nearly as much uh, when I just see X thing that I want and I would like to buy it. Uh, that said, Rocket League has been a great testing base for a number of different uh, economic incentives for, for gamers to check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've done a number of different things to bring people in and Thank you. seeing if, if it works or not. I'm curious how this changes uh, anyone's experience with Rocket League going forward. Well, obviously, people are really upset about this, Luke. This is kind of game-changing. Um, I like that, lo- that Rocket League seems to have had 
something for everyone. Like it, it does have those those car packs that come out for people like me that like to know exactly what I'm getting. And it did have mm-hmm. the loot crates for for people who like that sort of thing. Um, but obviously, they're seeing something in the data that maybe moving towards something else would would help to impact. And maybe it's just a good news story that mm-hmm. this is yet another uh, bullet point on the back of the box. It says we don't have mm-hmm. loot box or loot boxes. Um, so who knows, man? I don't know if it's that really that big of a deal, but it is interesting. I think because of the Fortnite connection now with uh, Psyonics owned by Epic, um, mm-hmm. that that's probably where this change is coming from. And they, they got to think that there's a, there's money to be made in a different pricing model. Indeed. I wonder if it'll bring Rocket League back to the front of gamers' minds. It feels like most people that play Rocket League, they're just, they, they, they play Rocket League and like that's kind of their jam. It's not like it hits headlines super often. Yeah. And yet the game's doing extremely well after launching so well. Yeah, it got itself into a place to be bought by Epic. So, yeah, obviously there was something going on there. And, of course, it's on Game Pass, ladies and gentlemen, which you should absolutely I always forget that. Holy crap, good call. Yep, absolutely. Solos are coming to Apex Legends in a limited time event. You can drop solo, uh, unlock certain rewards that come with that from August 13th through the 17th. Um, This is good news for a number of people who love and enjoy Apex, including myself. I have a blast with Apex, though I am curious how this changes the game because one of the things that I've experienced in playing with Mr. Badbit, uh, Joseph Moran and my friend Hometown, we... We've had to adjust our tactics in ranked and in unranked and in casual, and there's a meta in each one. Mm-hmm. I don't know how solos will change it and how the map will lend itself towards that, but I'm very curious to see. And it looks like they are too with uh, just a little over 10 days to play it, and then it goes away. Smart move. Yeah, it seems like a bit of a test, doesn't it? Uh, and I don't think they really want to change like the core of the game. It seems that that's kind of all we were asking for at the start was a solos mode. But it really has become just part and parcel of, of the Apex experience, in my opinion. And I think it also helped the game grow because you weren't just playing it by yourself. You were you had to, um, or at least you were encouraged highly to to reach on to your friends and, and have them drop down with you. So it's um I think it's perfect timing, a nice little little change up, nice little mix up for people that uh, who are asking for this sort of thing. I'll be really interested to see, like yeah, what, like you said, what what characters are people care uh, are choosing now that you don't have somebody else to balance out your the weaknesses or the trade offs from one player to or character to the next. Absolutely, and you have to think also it's hitting in early August. Uh, they're going to be doing a number of things in order to stay relevant as the new Call of Duty hits, as Gears of War hits, mm-hmm. as a number of our our near fall fall early winter releases start hitting and taking gamers attention away because they they came at such a great time and there wasn't a whole lot else to play in the, in the first person shooter space uh, and so I'm very curious to see how they adapt and deal with that and this could be the first step amongst many well surely if uh history is to repeat itself that somehow EA will will bungle up the uh something with this game and then uh with the star wars game as well they'll probably have them like a new mode in apex coming out or a new battle pass or season or something launching the same week as uh jedi fallen order um but we'll see hopefully hopefully I, not hopefully the last thing they mix, mix things up was uh, with anthem in this game well i did chuckle in that anthem launches its cataclysm and a week later we're getting new apex well i stuff. guess that's I what like, i'm talking oh, look about at that. look at that <laughs> good call, all right man like i mean that, that this one might have been intentional they're like hey uh we want to distract people from the anthem that's not going well it could be yeah and those are all those are all tinfoil hat you know scenarios when people worry about that kind of stuff but uh you have to wonder if they didn't pay attention this time or if it's just the cycle that the dev teams are separately on yeah yeah that could be coincidence just every single time i don't know man 
Indeed it did. Well, let's talk about some more interesting, not more interesting, it's just more fun. Uh, the Gears of War 5 launch is imminent, Sean Capri, and you and I played the tech tests. I've been, I've been diving into the prequel novel, which is fantastic, by the way. I've been reading books, and now I've got another thing nipping at my wallet. The Gears of War 5 Xbox One X Limited Edition has been announced alongside a controller, which is included in the bundle if you so choose. Uh, man, I don't know if you saw this custom console. This thing is gorgeous. It's not even fair anymore, man. Like, I don't know. I, and I love all the consoles. I have a, a limited edition uh, Spider-Man PS4 Pro. I've got, mm -hmm. a, well, just a regular Switch, I guess. But there is, there's no comparison. This thing looks like it's made out of ice. Like, it is mm -hmm. so good looking. It actually has me wondering, like, what are the trade-in values <laughs> the Xbox One X. Like, I kind of want to get my hands on one of these things. The controller, I, I still think that would be like more of a trophy, kind of something to sit on the shelf because I would likely mm -hmm. still be using a um, an Elite controller, which uh, mm -hmm. I know Donnie over at PSVG was wondering, should we hold out hope for uh, for a, an Elite, a Gears-themed Elite controller? I don't know. This seems to no. be, if there was if there was anything else that they were going to announce, it would have been today because alongside this console, there's a external hard drive, there's a keyboard and mouse, there's everything mm -hmm. you can think of. There's Gears 5 branded. So we're starting to see that marketing machine kind of turn over and kick into high gear. That was a pun I did not intend. I'm sorry. That was bad. Well, to address the, you know, will there be an Elite 2 Gears controller? I don't think you'll see it right now. I think if maybe maybe around Gears Tactics, which we're expecting in sometime in the next 12 months, uh, maybe they do that if when they do the console launch, but I doubt it. Cause it's, it's supposed to be PC only, and it's mm -hmm. supposed to, you know what I mean? Like, we, I don't I don't see them doing an Elite 2 version just because of the timing. Uh, but, hey, you know, I've been wrong before. It's happened once or twice, according to my wife. Well, <laughs> I, I'm wondering, like, too, with the it's a new production run. So you, it's almost like you, they do everything they can just to get the base model out, like that same that that one skew. So it'd be interesting. I don't think that they would really mix it up with a second, mm -hmm. like a gear skew. They just want to get the manufacturing done for the first one. So I'm still mm -hmm. got my eye out on that thing. I, I wonder how the availability is going to be on that. Because if you remember, the first Elite was actually pretty difficult to get your hands on. Right. That's exactly my point. I don't see them them uh, adjusting their production lines. Yeah to accommodate gears when they need to just get elites on the shelves. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and theoretically, the Elite 2 could be your... That could be the Scarlet 1 controller. You know what I mean? Like, you imagine. Work on Scarlet. So, you know, there's something to that. I don't know how people will uh, take it. We did get a number of questions, several of them coming through the uh, Yumi Capri Patreon Discord. Uh, this one comes from Grouchy Surge and saying, how do you feel about limited edition consoles coming out so close to next-gen, uh, especially with them being such a high price point? I seriously want gears... Uh, the Gears console, but then I'd probably cancel uh, getting the next-gen system for multiple years. I want to answer this one first, Sean. Yeah. Uh, if you don't mind. Uh, I do not mind it at all because they are limited edition and they are there for collectors. That is what they are there for. Uh, they are there for the Gears of War fanatics. I really wish I could afford one. As you guys know, I'm a huge Gears fan and I would, you know, I'm getting the Elite 2, and so that's taking the place of buying this Kate Diaz controller or uh, this grandiose system. I don't mind it. This is for the collectors. Uh, it does not bother me in this particular case. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, I'm trying to wrap my head around, I guess, is it the, the being upset about it being that, like, you you just have to skip it? it like that, And mm -hmm. you have to go to Scarlet? Is that the, the part about being upset? Like, I, I look at, uh, for me, I don't mind trading in um, current-gen consoles for, like, the upgrade. Like, that's basically what I ended up doing with... Uh, with the Scorpio edition. So mm -hmm. 
I think like I'm actually looking at this. I feel like in the same shoes as everybody else, going like maybe I look at some of the hardware I've already got and trading mm-hmm. towards this if it makes sense. But in terms mm-hmm. of releasing it so closely to the next console, it's I mean it's still a year away, and I'm glad people mm-hmm. are already looking towards that, like to to call that uh, to call that close. We're actually more than a year out from Scarlet. Um, mm-hmm. That means people are looking forward to it. So I'm kind of taking that as a bit of, bit of a positive sign. But I couldn't have said it better than you. This is a, a limited edition. This is for collectors. Um, so I feel like they've got really no choice. This is a, just a matter of when does Gears come out relative to the Xbox One console cycle. And it's one of the biggest titles uh, for, on the platform. So you have to have something like this. So it's just a... It's just a scenario of a coincidence. I don't think that there's really anything else to be read into this, um, but I'm sure. really looking into getting one. Like I, I think it's so cool, and what an homage to um, how the journey that Xbox One has been on throughout this this generation. For this to be one of the last available models, I think is really uh, emblematic of the journey that it's been on. This is a high point, hopefully, in the game, but certainly the look of the console is as high and as mighty as the Xbox One X is. Certainly so. I certainly agree. I don't see myself trading in or maneuvering around with my um, Scorpio edition. Um, and I'm reluctantly going to have to pass on this one because I love it. It looks so good. And that controller, that Kate Diaz controller is so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I think anybody that's a collector is definitely should check this one out. It is gorgeous. Anybody should Google it right now. Um, and we got a similar question that came in from Mark Carabin, the Canardian, uh from your Discord as well, saying, if someone was looking to buy an Xbox right now, uh, which would you recommend, Sean? Knowing that Scarlet is close on the horizon, would you still suggest an Xbox One X to somebody? Would you go the cheapest route possible to enjoy this gen but save money towards the next gen? Um, how would you approach this? And I will say very humorously, Mr. Babbitt put up a video on this exact subject, and I love that we're getting to answer it. Oh, that's so time. funny. It's is so it worth funny. it in 2019? That's amazing. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, it, it, it's tough because like, I can't really speak to really anybody's financial situation. I mm-hmm. I would say that if you're going to get into Xbox, like now would be a great time. But yeah, like you're going to be faced with um, a new generation next year. But Luke, like we don't know how much that's going to be. So we really don't know the full uh, nature of of this trade-off of buying something, buying into something now versus is it a $400 investment next year? Is it five? Is it three? Like we're, we can take our best guesses. But with -hmm. all that said, I can't imagine getting into Xbox now and not going with the X. Um, if you're really? familiar, yeah, I feel like they, and especially cause they, they do go on sale. So maybe not buying at full price, uh, maybe looking for some sort of deal. I don't see getting into anything less than an X at this point. Um, uh, but that might maybe at this point next year, you're going, I'm still good. A lot of the games are going to carry over. So it's, this is tricky to, to comment on. I'm not sure how you feel about this, but this is a, we're in a new landscape with forward compatibility and games are going to work from uh, this generation on the next generation. And Mm -hmm. I guess somewhat the other way around too, it'd be interesting to see like uh, Halo Infinite is going to work on both. So what do you think, dude? Well, when I look at this, I'm reminded of almost every generation. It's the end of the generation where the people on the other side or that made a different choice, they they switch over to to experience whatever the other one has to offer. My suggestion to most people that are, are, if you're pinching pennies, um, or you're just not sure you're on the fence. You don't know if you want to spend that four or $500 to get an X. Cause as you said, they do go on sale often. Uh, my suggestion is get an Xbox one, uh, S sat edition and get game pass. And that's your T that play that one as, as much as you want as 200 bucks or two fifty. 
play that knowing full well it's not the full 4K, but still as good as a PS4 Pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can play your you play and experience what Game Pass has to offer and then upgrade later. Mm-hmm. I think it, you, the idea is to get into the ecosystem and see what it has to offer. And if you're not sure you want to dive in, get the sad edition. Play your Game Pass games. It's got the full catalog of Microsoft stuff. Stuff being added every day. There's sleeper hits. There's indie games. There's AAA uh, quality titles up there from from Microsoft and and third parties. So I would say anybody should get into the Xbox ecosystem now if you were a PlayStation 4 or a Switch exclusive uh, gamer because it's the right time to do it. It's cheap to get in on a sad edition and play Game Pass. And then later on, maybe you move that to the bedroom. Maybe you move that to Ooh. the kids' room and you spent 200 bucks. You know, like easy. You said that kind of sexy. Easy. You said that kind of just like move it to Ladies, the move it to gentlemen. the bedroom. Yeah, that's okay. Again. I got a new microphone. Oh. And my voice is sultry. Oh, it's nice. Uh, here's the other thing that I that I thought of while you're mentioning that is um, the, whatever you're if you're going to trade in for the next generation, then your X is going to hold more value. So you might mm. actually not be. You, you know, it's almost like you're setting money aside for this time mm-hmm. next year, my friend. If you buy a four hundred dollar logic, setting money aside. I mean, I then you get the saying. you get the most powerful. Con- I know it is a stretch. This is how I work myself into. <laughs> These types oh, yeah. of decisions. This, this is how Sean lies to him. Yeah, I totally do. Um, but it's true. Like you're you're gonna get more back for your X than your than your S or your SAT edition. And what I'm worried about is that people kind of get um, not not that the S is a bad console, but the X is so powerful. And you it and is. I, I think have gotten very used to playing on the X. Uh, it's been a long time since I played and any game, caveat, any real game on my S. I'm gonna interrupt you only to say, and I'm so sorry, but the the caveat there, we are are playing on 4K. I'm playing you on 1080p. I play my ex on a 1080p and I love it, man. I I look for, like, I get all the best of both worlds. I'm not really pushing for resolution in that sense. I get. Wait, why do you play on a. Wait. I don't have a 4K screen. Right. So why X for you then? Because I think the loading times are faster. I think it still mm-hmm. looks better. It's still super sampled. So it's 4K textures on a 10, uh, 1080p screen. Still mm-hmm. looks way better. Colors are better. Like it, it's all quite a lot. I don't know how else to say it. You get the 10K or the the 4K patches, but it's still it just because it doesn't display in 4K. It still looks noticeably better. Like when I play um, enhanced for Xbox One X games, I notice mm-hmm. a huge difference, man. Like Rocket League looks noticeably better, and that's a pretty simple game, and that's just one example. Very cool, man. Yeah, I, I knew that stuff, but I didn't, I guess, know or hear it firsthand, or I just forgotten because I knew it looked better regardless. Oh, but I big guess time! Just hearing you say it, it's a reminder that yeah, even though you don't have the display, it can be that much better. Mm-hmm. But bottom line, you would say go to X. Yep. I would say get the sad edition, but the reality is getting in now, you can probably find sales pretty easily. You've got a, a huge catalog to experience and try out, and uh, I would recommend anticipating next-gen being $500, and if you're planning to trade in and that's how you tend to, to fund things, fine. If you got to have the latest and greatest, that's going to be a factor for you as well, but plan wisely and know that Game Pass absolutely saves you money when it mm-hmm. comes to purchasing. You can you cannot buy a single game all year. And this is not an exaggeration. And you will have something to play consistently across nearly every avenue. And now you don't have to uh, watch that that video by uh, Mr. Badbit. You just we just took care of that for you guys. Yeah, definitely not on his YouTube channel. Yeah, no, I'm totally yeah. kidding. Go, please support uh, Mr. Badbit, uh, host of the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. And I love his videos on this. Should I buy stuff? It's so great. And I'll give you the new voice. Go click oh. like, share, oh. subscribe, okay. rate People five are stars. Yep. Oh my. Oh, goodness gracious. Let's give uh, a couple different <laughs> shout-outs. We've got a lot to celebrate. Of course, it's our 100th episode. And, Sean, 
Lots to talk about in that. Did you know that I joined your episode in or your your show officially uh, for episode forty nine? So I've been with you fifty one episodes, good mm-hmm. sir. Just over, yeah, man. You just took the majority. It's kind of nice, actually. It feels it feels right, man. Right from day one, it has felt right. Uh, this show is stupid. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I go to McDonald's and it's so funny. I'm now watching a kid learn how to drive in a parking lot. That's scary mm-hmm. as all get out. Um, I've been followed by cops. I like all sorts on, of stuff. On horses. On horses. That's right too. I've we've, I've had hail fall on my car. Uh, I discovered a new way of podcasting. Like this is a this is a new challenge, man. I think for both of us. This is totally it's totally different. Even if I'm parked, it's totally different podcasting this way than any other way. And we both do a number of, of different content creations. And this is whenever I love being able to tell people um, I record a show while I drive in my car on a Skype call while I tether my phone to my laptop. And that's how we make it all work, man. It's just I think the show uh, exemplifies our dedication to creating content and our love for mm-hmm. Xbox. And we've made a lot of cool friends along the way. We have made a number of cool friends. Many of them have have sent us kind messages. We got one on Xbox Live. Uh, uh, somebody sent me a message just saying how much they enjoy the show. That I made love my that. day. Just just little thing. I screenshot it and put it up there. I, I removed the name just because I didn't know if they wanted publicity. But oh, it was a fair. really cool, just nice thing for them to do. Uh, I'm looking through some of the titles because you and you and I. All right, so this is <laughs> fun inside of baseball. Sean and I butt heads on a lot of like little stuff outside the show just for like kicks and giggles i just like little content creation stuff about titles being one of them and i'm looking through your titles you yeah. have some hilarious puns in here they used to be good they used to be good they, they then to, bad they had to, to meddle with everything forza harai sean yeah four. man <laughs> that was episode 55 yeah um episode 58 buy it at a high price that oh classic funny. reference to resident evil i love it Episode 61 and 62 both had references to the EXO. That was in November 8th, 2018. Great EXO expectations. Mm-hmm. I think that started wow. a run of, uh, of of episodes where I really wanted the the letter X in uh, in mm-hmm. a, as whatever however I needed to do it. I got X in the title. Xbox onesies was episode 64. Oh my god! Yeah, remember we got our onesies. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, that that was before we actually had the onesies. I think. Oh, that's when was they it? announced it. I can't remember. That was when they announced. That's them. right. Yeah, they announced and then the Xbox onesies. Canada sent us sent us over some things. Luke loves lore was one of your ta- your uh, mm-hmm. your titles. Um, my favorite title is ID at Xbox Game Pass is a bad name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's not that's not my favorite. I just think that. That's just Luke's um, opinion. <laughs> yeah, that's just my opinion. Um, press X to think. Yeah, we've had some great shows, man, and and we've had some great stuff go on in this past year. We've streamed with Xbox Canada on Mixer twice now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked about some of this stuff uh, we've done. We're at, uh, well, of course, we were at E3 thanks to our friends at Xbox Canada. It's been, it's mm-hmm. been crazy, dude. Like, it's actually, I love these milestones just to kind of like look back and go, what? Like, really? Like, this is real mm-hmm. life. This is our silly show that, you know, started as a 25 minute thing and has grown to, I think a lot of people have asked for it to be a little longer. And even the, even the length of the show, we kind of go back and forth on a little bit. But mm-hmm. just trying to figure out, like, how to make it the best. I'm really, you know, Adam Leonard put up a tweet today talking about how he's he's really only listening to people who are continuing to push the boundaries and make make themselves better and not falling into a format and i think that 
that's what people can continue to look for from us, Luke. If nothing else, like we are just, our minds operate too quickly to to stand still. We're always looking for new changes and new improvements to try and, and make this show the best that it can be. So it's fun to look back, but I'm also just as encouraged to and energized to look to the future as we drive on ahead. Ball, like even the ball thing. If you can go back, I should I should go back to find out when it actually happened. When I started saying "ba" at the start, it's the stupidest thing. But you know what, man? Like it's just like we have the dumbest things as part of the show, and I guess that's what gives us part of its uh, unique charm. If that's I, I hesitate to even call it charm because it's stupid. Certainly so. And the show's opened up a number of avenues. I mean, you hit Twitch affiliate um, during the time that we've done this show. You you grew on on Twitch. Yeah, mm-hmm. that seems to be continuously growing, which is really, really great. You've launched a new Patreon with the You, Me, and Capri. Oh, yeah. Uh, with Bobby Paul. I forget about this stuff. Yeah, you had a kid in the I... time that you and I done the show together. <laughs> Ellie was born. Yeah. I... Um, I think conceived and born in that time. Yeah. 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 So yeah I guess really so. Cool. Wow. That's a weird. Link's been weird growing. Word. I've been, been able to watch, um, watch Link grow up in pictures. So, like, Link started editing to... the show. He learned that the the space bar hits hits play, and he loves the theme song by Jonathan Brown, Purple Monkey, who uh, who graced us with a new theme song when we when you and I uh, came together on this thing. Like lots changed in the last, I guess, fifty two episodes. I got a new mic. I got and you got mic. a new mic. I got, I got a new mic. mic. Yeah, like this this headset is, is new. This is the latest. <laughs> you sound nice, man. Well, thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, still working on it. Well, yeah, it's been great. And, and we we made appearances on other shows, friends, uh, new friends, acquaintances. Mm-hmm. We've, we've been able to branch out as well. And I like that we continuously come back to our roots. We know we've not missed a show yet since we started together. Uh, that is for, well, and also thanks to Drew McMillan, who helped me out in a, in a tough spot. And even today, uh, if there is news that drops on Wednesday, uh, unfortunately, we'll miss it because we're recording this a day early. While I, may, I take one of the largest road trips of the year, we drive them for about 10 or 11 hours with my parents. Uh, fortunately, going to a funeral. Um, but the good news is I'll be able to spend some, some quality time with, with family and with loved ones and just remembering why we all why we all do this and why we all um, appreciate every single day. You know what I mean? Certainly so. And in a time when when negativity can be so easy to fall into in the gaming sphere, mm-hmm. um, it is nice to have those reminders of, of what matters, what doesn't, when we can celebrate, when we uh, should or shouldn't, and, and those conversations are good. One of those conversations being uh, a question that comes from Seamus McIsaac, famous Seamus himself, you <gasps> might say. He wants to know about that ESA leak. Oh, God. <laughs> so uh, if you had not heard, uh, the ESA and E3 had uh, a huge, huge security gap and, and gaff that released the private information of a number of uh, media that attended E3 this year. He wanted to know if we were affected, uh, and he wanted to know, you know, he, I'm going to quote him. He said, honestly, when I heard of it, I was worried about you both since you were at E3 this year. Do you think people who had their data leaked uh, should sue the ESA in a class action lawsuit? Um, and then he, in a separate instance, tells us his guilty pleasure game, which we'll get to. But um, do you think that people should be suing the ESA uh, in light of this gaffe? You know, man, I, I you know me, and I, and I don't really like litigation. I don't like litigation culture. And, and But this is a tough one, man. The gaffe is so bad. It's so It was so avoidable, and I feel like the damage is real, uh, particularly mm-hmm. in this sphere uh, with, and with I, the fan I base. Want, I need to add one thing. I'm so sorry, Sean. That's all right. We should say to our audience, um, in their information being leaked, many of them 
were doxxed. That's the part that I, I meant. I forgot to say. Many of them had, were contacted, threatened. Uh, they received text messages, emails, personal numbers. That that's the part that I left out of the story, and I'm sorry. No, that's all right. Well, I was going to mention I got a, I got a call from a guy named Matt from uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and I have to have to assume that it's part of this because it wasn't even just this year, which. Um, it wouldn't affect us uh, because we didn't have media badges this year, but I have applied in the past uh, through We The Nerdy, and so they would have my information. So I have a feeling that that, that call from Matt, if you're a listener, shout out to Matt. I hope you're doing well, my friend. But if you're not a listener, then go away and lose my information, dude. This is, for me, I don't know that anybody's really going to be tracking me down. Nobody's really looking for Sean Capri, but for the like for the Greg Millers out there and the Alana Pierces and and particularly mm-hmm. female um, journalists, I think like everybody is at real risk. Some people put you know real real opinions out there that some people have major problems with. And now if you have their home address, like I would say, journalists and people who put themselves out there like that go to great lengths to make sure that their personal information isn't out there. So mm-hmm. I'm starting to think that yeah, I think a class action lawsuit probably is is what's right. People deserve. Um, I think not only compensation, but certainly an answer. Like the the response that the ESA has put out is laughable at best. Oh my God, my Bluetooth just kicked in for no good reason. Did you hear that? That was loud. I did. The first song is a screaming man. Um, He's upset about this ESA leak as well. Um, What do you think though, dude? I I don't know exactly what a class action lawsuit really looks like and what damages can be repaid, but it's not good, dude. Well, I hope that so when I think about this, I absolutely think there needs to be legal action taken because it doesn't seem like if it was a gaffe in which no harm was done, that's a, that's a problem. However, mm-hmm. if people are being threatened, if people are uh, suffering incursions to their privacy, if their personal lives are being affected financially or uh, in methods of distress, that's a problem. And I don't mean those who are just jumping on a bandwagon and saying, oh, I'm scared. Right. I mean, that's what I mean. Very seriously. It needs to be in, in the very serious cases in which people are are dealing with very real threats because that is a reality in our culture at the Mm -hmm. moment. Um, Something does need to be done. And while I don't know the ins and outs of the legal system, the ESA has been struggling of late to remain relevant. Oh, my God. Uh, At least E3 at the very least has. And so to alienate and uh, at the very least agitate Mm -hmm. uh, press and media certainly does them no favors. And you're right. Their response was laughable. They did not seem to take it on the chin or in stride or guarantee... Uh, you know, that they would be looking into it. And it's it's interesting because uh, our gaming culture has has accidentally become political. And I alluded to some of this stuff with tariffs last week. Mm-hmm. But we've almost had to address certain things, whether it was little stuff from, you know, a, a, a well-respected or not journalist that, that could or couldn't go to, to PAX or uh, something like the E3, li- you know, listings and, and suddenly private information's out all the way to, do is violence in video games real? Right. Uh, does this affect people? Those are things that our gaming culture has ha- have had to deal with. And I think it's easy to leap to a conclusion without investigating. Uh, and so I would urge caution in all of that and, and to the very least just think through whatever it is you're saying and doing. But in this case, when people's privacy is under attack, that uh, concerns me. Yeah, and the response, I, I'm glad that I think we're on the same page in terms of like, there's e- it's very easy to have that knee-jerk reaction like, yeah, sue them and take them for all they're worth. Like that's, yeah, sure, that might feel good. But you really, just, I really just want to think it through, I guess. Um, so yeah, I, I brain fart on my other point. I'm sorry, Luke. Mm-hmm. No, you're great. It's a big topic and a tough one. Also, uh, I did ask for some Guilty Pleasure games, and Seamus says that his Guilty Pleasure game is Metal Gear Solid Revengeance. It's a dumb game, Ooh. but yet yet awesome. 
And I appreciate that. I love that. That's a video game ass video game. Mm-hmm. Do you have any guilty pleasure games before I take us back to serious stuff? Uh, you know what, man? I think maybe the game I'm playing right now might be a guilty pleasure game, Bloodstained. I'm almost done it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's going to be my answer for today. It's uh, it's definitely got its faults, but it's scratching a, a good itch right now. So I think Bloodstained for now. Good answer. Good answer. My, I, I think I've talked about it too much this year, but uh, Crackdown was a guilty pleasure game. Yeah. It's fun. It's dumb and fun. Uh, let's see here. Sean, we have had to, unfortunately, in the wake of uh, several incidents of violence, uh, we've had our the industry come under attack from political figures in, in saying that video games were a cause of violence. And while I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, um, quick thoughts, real quick. How do you as a gamer hear these things, uh, particularly in the wake of us having to talk about it uh, a little around a year or so ago when the EA Madden event had an Yeah. Oh, man. It's 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 tough. I, I, I hate hearing these stories. And as a as a Canadian, it's it's particularly um complex because i obviously have feelings i think things are really great here in canada um and it's i, I to me the evidence is clear i think even reggie fizeme had weighed in on this about video games and their relation to violence and and the mass shootings and I, to me they're completely unrelated obviously uh but it's it's tough because I, I see. I find myself in a situation where I'm either asked to or encouraged, or other. I find my peers in in Canada as well uh, commenting on a situation that really isn't our situation. Like this is not, it's not my environment to comment on. So it's it's tricky, and I and I want to walk that line as carefully as possible. But I found um, really like when when I first started getting into commenting on video games and everything that whatever my political views are like it's it's too it's too difficult to walk uh to comment on what's happening in in america even though everything else flows so freely between our countries and like we we podcast about xbox together through the power of the internet and we play Mm -hmm. the same games and a lot of our experiences are very very similar but our societies are are different in a lot of ways as well and i find that i have to be very careful uh when talking to i would say a predominantly american audience from a canadian perspective it's an interesting I don't know that anybody's really talked about that before. I, I don't know that I haven't really talked about it, um, but mm-hmm. it's something that I think about certainly as whenever these things come up, I'm very, I try to be very careful about what I say or don't say or comment on or whatever. It's It, it can be very difficult, I would say, for, for Canadians who are well uh, entrenched in everything that's going on and how can you ignore the atrocities that are happening. A good perspective to have, and and I know we've been gaining some some new listeners. I'm American. Sean's Canadian. We we podcast from from great distances uh, together, and I think that the easy part for gun violence and video games those are not related. Like that's not that's not the case, you right? Know, gun video games do not cause. Uh, violence in that in that capacity. It's been proven time and again. Uh, mass tragedies have happened in a number of different. Uh, cultures throughout history and video games were not part of many of them video games are part of some that are perfectly peaceful i think uh, i would urge anybody who who is an avid gamer and who is vocal on the interwebs or or within your own social circles when you hear that conversation try not to get distracted by are video games so bad because the answer is a very simple no and move on to address what it is that you find important within that Mm -hmm. um sean you and i often not often. I don't know about often, but we. I, I think there are some things we politically disagree on, and I wonder how much our our respective countries might influence that, our regions, our experiences. But the ability to have a dialogue with someone is extremely important. Mm-hmm. And if you do have views that many might consider polarizing, or you might take as fact, and someone might disagree with, I urge you not to alienate people. 
uh, without considering the ramifications of that first. Because once alienated, those people can't be their minds can't be changed because they've dismissed you mm-hmm. uh, in your discussion. Uh, that said, I do think there are times to take a stand as well, and we don't often use our show as that platform. But because video games consistently come under assault, I wanted to at the very least state um, that I don't think that the conversation should be. Do video games cause violence? The answer should be no, and then move on to what matters and what's more capable, what you're more able to do. Because that that conversation of video games, that's the distraction to what might matter more, whatever well, that is for you. That's why I'm conflicted even about this conversation, which I think is I think it's a good one to have, and I agree with there, pretty much every one of your points. And then I'm conflicted because it's like, are we just adding to that? Like I'm always sure. I'm constantly aware of you know giving attention to things that that might be adding to a, a negative type of of space. And is this is this adding to the is this adding positivity is it by removing negativity i like i'm not really sure like i mm-hmm. look at oh man i don't even know if i should <laughs> mention it like i feel like no, it's, I, fine. Like, it's fine i feel like a guy is in office because he was able to troll everybody you know what i mean like mm-hmm. and everybody just like they you fuel the fire so i worry about fueling this fire with with responding to it like there's sometimes people will come come up to a uh, an objective opinion they'll go i'm not even going to dignify that with a response and maybe we should do that sometimes maybe we shouldn't dignify something that is as absurd as this this uh, notion that video games cause people to be violent maybe we shouldn't dignify it with a response at the tail end of this long conversation <laughs> and that well that's the kind of the kicker there that's that's what i'm saying is yeah. that's not the real conversation that's the distraction yeah. i think we should move on to, to what's Uh, most important and you know if any of you out there are struggling with it remind yourselves what great gaming has done for you personally think of all the amazing charity drives that we do big time uh, on a big scale and on a small scale extra life's coming up i know that there are some announcements to come for that uh which is which is great uh and then on a small scale i mean just a few weeks ago as gamers we raised money for a friend in order to help his family combat uh, cancer in order to prevent that's right you know a surefire bit of cancer there are great stories to be had mm-hmm. um, and so if you are ever as a person doubting the place of video games and positivity consider all those moments big time consider all those moments um so that's just i know it's a it's a frustrating topic and a difficult one but one that i thought we at the very least needed to recognize we hear it because it does get it does come across our feeds quite often yeah for sure let us switch a gears, John. I'm going to put on my happy voice here. I don't have uh, a man. Do you know I don't have a, a standard transmission anymore? That's the other thing that's happened in the last 100 episodes. I sold my car. I got an automatic transmission now. It's not manual so anymore. So you're no longer on a six-speed manual? No, no longer on six-speed manual. It's automatic. Six-speed manual was the title of episode 52. Manuel. Six-speed Manuel. On, mm-hmm. That was on September 5th, 2018. That's right. Ooh, look at that. Uh, highly intelligent says, do you think Game Pass increases or decreases, decreases, increases or decreases the value of exclusives? There are a few exclusives for Xbox that are coming to Game Pass that I wouldn't otherwise try. It's cool for these games to get more exposure, but I don't know that it increases their value or not. Great question. Do you want this one first? You want me to take it? You you go ahead. I definitely have, uh, yeah, you go ahead, man. Okay. I don't think Game Pass impacts their value at all. I don't think it oh, impacts or hurts their value at all. Uh, gear, the value in a game, of course, is determined by each person. But uh, like you, Jared, I have tried so many games thanks to Game Pass that I would not have bought. Uh, the Out- the Outer Worlds is coming up. I would never have bought that game in a million years. Oh but my Game Pass God, is going to let me I can't play wait. it. It's not my type of game, though, Sean. I know. I it's not my wait. jam. And yet, I am going to be able to try it. People didn't have to spend money on Crackdown or Forza 
or State of Decay or Sea of Thieves. And and many people bounced into them, fell into those, and discovered Sea of Thieves after the anniversary update. Or State of Decay 2 really did catch on to them. And I don't know that State of Decay is the one that you want to try and sell your box with. But there's a lot of fun to be had there. And I mm-hmm. think in many ways, it's not the... It's not that the game increased or decreased in value because of this. It's just those who have it. Like, Endgame going to Netflix doesn't decrease the value of Endgame when it happens. You yeah, know? I'm struggling with the semantics, I guess, now that I think about it. Like, I'm struggling with the, the value, I think, inherently. Like, it, you can pay less to get access to that game. So, in my mind, the answer was a pretty quick one. And that the value, it goes down because you can have... Uh, many of us are operating on a $1 like two-year subscription to Game Pass Ultimate. So I, by that nature, the value goes down for the particular game, but the overall value of the Xbox experience is totally lifted, I would say, you know, in a way that doesn't even balance itself out. Like It's almost not even fair how good the value is. So on an exclusive-to-exclusive basis, the dollar value obviously is down, but I think it raises the value of your experience, if that makes sense. Sure. No, I think you're absolutely right. And similarly, if a game, if you're a Game Pass subscriber and a game or exclusive or what have you doesn't appeal to you, I mean, you're probably more likely to dismiss it sooner. Well, and because you, you have so many other options. Yeah, that's the other thing too. Is you have that. Yeah, it it becomes dismissible for sure. I think that's what's happened with um, the Outer Wilds to some degree. Mm-hmm. I think many of us have maybe they tried it, didn't get it, and they moved on to the next thing. I think Void Bastards came out right around the same time. And then um, again, I'm listening to the Megadads this morning talking about that. They're this, raving about it. They're talking. Yes, and a lot of people are talking about this game. And like, I don't know if people wouldn't have tried it and be talking about it if it wasn't on Game Pass or they've made their way through it because of it, like it's really interesting to see what has happened. Is this a game that would have been completely lost in the shuffle? Did it also get lost a bit in the shuffle because it was a free game on Game Pass and other games were were happening at the same time? All we know is that some people, I think of note, are really ranting and raving about this game. But when it comes to exclusives, uh, I don't know how exactly to, to answer other than to say it's... Gears of War, Gears Five is is going to be the first game, in my opinion, that is really going to be a, a system seller per se, or a products mm-hmm. or service seller uh, for Game Pass. This is the one that really matters. We've had our trial period with Crackdown, Sea of Thieves, and State of Decay Two. Now things get really interesting with this fall. Yeah, I I, I understand exactly the sentiment you're going for, and I fully I, I subscribe to that same idea. And uh, I, I agree with you. Outer Wilds, man, I would never go buy that game in a store. Right? But I'm, I downloaded it because I heard the Mega Dads talking about it. So does that make the value um, more? Like, I don't know. It, like, that's the semantics I guess I'm struggling with. Like, does that make it more valuable? Like, it's almost like a cachet. I think Game Pass's value increases because of exclusives. I don't know that the game, the game itself, the exclusive itself decreases. I think Crackdown was always going to be the value that it's at, yeah. uh, which is probably like a $20, $30 game. You know? mm-hmm. Like if it launched at 60 and you purchased it there, you're probably disappointed. If you bought it for 20 bucks, would you be upset? Probably not. Yeah. I feel like you could probably get some good fun out of it there. And so that then, you know, maybe that's a different semantic discussion, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. But, you know, plenty of stuff going on there. Sean, we didn't even get to our pit stop topics this week uh there's a potential that devil may cry 5 might come out we might have to talk about some mixer and how game pass ultimate should or could be tied in later on in the future plenty of things to discuss uh but for episode 100 man we've had a lot of good things to talk about celebrate serious topics man we've been we've had a good run 
uh, these past 50 some episodes together and you congratulations on getting to 100 episodes thanks man well you know i think we're just gonna have to shut it down now that's it that's (laughs) episodes don't episodes don't get any better than this 100 sounds like a nice round number so wait wait sean oh but but i want to keep Oh, let's Xbox let's keep going. Year. Okay, okay. Here's to another right. hundred episodes, man. Uh, I don't um, know how many. So we should keep that. track of how many miles I'm putting on my car. I don't even know what a mile is. Yeah, you got you kilometers. I got these KMs up you in say here. Kilo- kilometer or kilometer? I say what kilometer. Say? I say kilometer. But yes, certainly people would say kilo- kilometers. I don't know. It sounds harder to say. Oh man, I think I found the worst titled episode we've ever had. Episode twenty-eight, the Burger King weather forecast of Xbox, Go- <laughs> and then it's done. It, it, you can't see the rest of the title. <laughs> yeah, because oh, I wanted man. people to do. I don't even remember what it was. I think it had something to do with like a like a green screen. I don't even know, dude. That was dumb. This is a bad way uh, to end the episode. We were going so no, good. No, it's not. The journey. The journey of the Xbox Drive is what is most fun, and we really appreciate all of you that join us on this journey. Whether it's you know weekly in the show, or maybe you pop in and out. Maybe you're a new listener. Uh, coming over from another place, or if you've been with us from from the very beginning and watched the changes go on, we really appreciate it. Um, you are always welcome to check me out on Twitter at MLS Reserves or over on Mixer, which I would love to keep seeing you guys pop up uh, at Mixer.com slash Insipid Ghosts. Uh, and soon you'll be able to support me financially there, which is dope. Oh, snap. What do you mean? What do you mean you can support you financially over there? I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, the way that Mixer has changed it, soon <gasps> embers can be given to anybody. Come My on, Really? Yeah, my Embers for All trial program ended, and thank you to those of you who donated there. Um, and it looks like soon uh, those will be activated for everybody. Now, I'm still, I don't want to say that finitely, but, uh, or sorry, in, in definitive form, but uh, tides are looking up, so you guys can, um, yeah, I don't use a Patreon, so that's a cool way Heck to Heck yes. Oh, yeah. that's awesome, man. That That's great news and, and good timing, too, because I think a lot of people are looking to Mixer uh, for that option. If you guys want to support me, you can do so by following me on Twitter at Sean Capri, Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. I'm over at Twitch, at Twitch, that old platform of Twitch, twitch.tv slash Sean Capri. I stream on Tuesday and Thursday nights. I've recently had Friday nights open up, Mr. Luke. I don't know what I'm going to do with that extra time, but might have a third stream. We will see. And uh, if you guys want to throw a dollar into the gas for, for gas money, I suppose, you can go to patreon.com slash Yumi Capri. But uh, Luke, that's all. Uh, with all that said and all that out of the way, I've had an amazing 52 episodes with you, and here's to another 152 plus episodes. we got to catch those uh, Player One podcast guys. Fully agree. A couple, couple hundred more to go. Maybe by episode 200, we'll figure out an ending. 